Weiss has just set a Super Bowl record with 12 catches. He's in motion. Montana. Touchdown, John Taylor. Garoppolo airs it out. Sanders downfield is overthrown. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Will it be a repeat of the Niners and Bengals? Will we get another installment of Chiefs v. Niners? Or will it be a new pair meeting in SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56, I think it is? Either way, welcome to Minus 3, presented by FanDuel. We got Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. Kevin Hench chomping at the bit to weigh in on all sorts of important sports matters. And of course, don't forget... The game of life is the most important of all sporting events. Let's get, I, I, I don't think I've ever been, or in recent memory, so excited to hear the thoughts of one person spoken <laughs> into a microphone oh as I God. am to hear from Hench right now. The Before pressure. we jump into it, I, I, I don't want to bring down the, the mood here. It's an exciting time. Well, it's really not an exciting time. We only have three more football games, but a great anticipation for what figures to be a, a, a juicy Sunday of football. It's also a sad day, though, for Eddie Spaghetti because it's the last day that his New York Rangers will be in first place in the division because the Pittsburgh Penguins are about to take over there. But let's talk about all of it here. What's the poop there, Kevin Hench? How are you? Uh, Well, you know, it's funny. You know, Spaghetti roots for his Giants. You root for your Steelers. I root for my Patriots and, and everybody listening out there roots for their team, which exposes us to a lot of pain. Mm. Uh, you know, that's life as a sports fan, uh, you know, helmet catches and uh, and Calvin Chiraldi and Bill Buckner and Rashad Mendenhall and David Volek. You know, that's just like we're just we're raw. Like we are always don't bring up mine. You do yours. Oh, you don't need to remind okay, me of my so pain. I want to remind you of the worst right. days. Of your I, life. I remember okay. Tom Brady. How about you know, that? Drew Bledsoe. So, how about all of that crap? Sounds, sounds good. Uh, so I'm like, so we're all aware of how raw and vulnerable we are watching our teams in tight playoff games, you know, with championships on the line and we've all felt it. It ruins your day, it ruins your week. It, you know, 20 years later, it can bum you out when somebody reminds you of this, you know, stomach punch you took 20 years ago as a sports fan. I've never experienced a weekend as a neutral where I was like, oh, those poor fucking bastards. Oh, my God. Oh, those poor. Oh, shit. Oh, like I was sick to my stomach for one fan base after another. Um, it was it was crazy. You know, Titans have third and six inches, third and six inches. They're going to win the game. They're going to win the game. They're going to run the clock down and they're going to win this game. And all you have to do is give it to the once in a generation battering ram and you're you're going to win the game. You're going to win the game. And so, of course, we're all we all know what's coming and we're all watching. And I don't know about you, but I was I, of course, thought he did have the ball. And I was like, oh, he gained two yards. That moment where you're like, well, of course, they gave it to him and he is lying on the ground two yards past the first down marker. Oh, no. Oh, no. The flat footed much less athletic guy, still has the ball in the backfield. I know, and I texted you this. I texted you this during the game. It's weird. They'll go long stretches within 60 minutes, and they did it again in Nashville, where they don't 
use Ryan Tannehill's legs. When he runs at the edge, that's devastating choice. I mean, that's a really rugged choice to make if you're the defense. I mean, it's not Lamar Jackson with uh, with one of those when, when they're at full strength at running back too. But it does put the defense in a bind. It makes the yeah. one defender make a choice and they just, they they don't do that. But then in that spot, they run Tannehill. That was very, so it's weird. like yeah. second okay. and three, second and three, mm-hmm. sure, run, run uh, Tannehill. Third and six inches, uh, feel free to give it give it to Derrick Henry. And the problem with pulling it out of his stomach is like, you know, and I know you're supposed to read read the guy instantaneously, but don't make the whole play depend on did this guy guess right? Because now you're now you're flat footed, zero momentum against a bunch better athlete. And if you give it to Henry, I'll tell you what doesn't happen on third and six inches. He doesn't lose a yard to put you in a, now you're in a fucked up situation where maybe, maybe Tannehill keeping it's a better option, but obviously they, they fucked it up beyond all belief. And I found it so shocking that a guy throws an interception on his first pass of the game, throws an interception on his first pass of the second half of the game, throws an interception on his last pass of the game. And none of those three plays were his worst play of the game. It's, 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 uh, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I, you know, I say, I texted you guys like worst quarterback performance. I was actually thinking of Craig, Craig Morton against the Cowboys, Super Bowl 12. I also thought mm-hmm. Tony Eason had a good one against the bears. Oh, for six. That's it for me, guys. That's Jake DeLome had an apocalypse once. Um, for I mean, he he was better than I guess we we kind of ever expected him to be along the way. But I guess for a highish end QB, Carson Palmer pooping the bed in the NFC title game in 2015 against Cam Newton's team. That was a that was an all time grotesque performance. But yeah, I guess that was. I don't know why. I don't. I I just didn't expect more from 17 um in that spot so i i don't i'm not taking him well, to task as much but it is it is just loco that the all-time sack record in a game for in a losing effort i think is 11 and they set the the tie i mean that's what what i hate is as a as a fan is when you feel like one got away from you that feeling like we're never going to be back in that spot again and that's why the playoffs are are just so diabolically well, and fun I guarantee to watch. you that the other teams that lost with those sack totals didn't also average six yards a carry on the ground. Like the combination of running the ball effectively, sacking the quarterback repeatedly, and losing the game—it's—it's it's not possible unless your quarterback puts up an all-time stinker. Okay. So Titans, but I'll say that, but I, but I'll say, but yes, I, I agree with you completely. And I was talking about it on extra points with cousin Sal and Marty Weiss. Um, and I will say it again. That's why the playoffs are so great. This, this need, this, this humanity that emerges from the broadcast booth when they generally say like, Hey, this team's got nothing to hang its head about. Like, you know, Hey, future's still bright. Like they're never going to be back in this spot again. This was a, they, they had really had a chance. The one I think about, which was kind of close was, I mean, the, you know, as a Pittsburgh fan, the Penguins had a chance. You mentioned David Volick. They just will never be back in a spot like that where like a dynasty emerges if the Penguins win that one and they go in to win the cup and Super Bowl 30, the dynasty that was the Dallas Cowboys, the Steelers had them on the ropes 
And you're just never going to get that high end of performance out of a defense. No one ever before or after just shut down the Cowboys offense for three quarters, not the 49ers or anyone else ever shut down that era Cowboys offense the way the Steelers did from the second quarter on. And it didn't matter. They still lost. the game. That's what's vexing. It's like we broke the sack record. Well, and we lost this game. What the hell? It makes you sick forever, it's, like you say. It will always make you sick. Uh, Spaghetti just chatted at us that Vrabel is the coach of the year. Uh, I'd hate to be the FedEx driver delivering that, like handing it to him. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Who cares? Who can, get this out of my face. Beats hey, him to death with the award. The hey, series <laughs> of terrible decisions cost you an easy victory. Here's your coach of the year trophy. Um, anyway, and, and, and okay. by the way, when we, I, I think – do we all take the points with the Bengals? You gotta, you know, and and you specifically, Shaq, we're talking about Burrow just seems unfazed by everything, basically. You don't have a guy in your lap on every throw and throw for 348 yards. Like that was a crazy performance. He every snap, he's like, um, Jeffrey Simmons' helmet's gonna be in my stomach in the count of 0.8. And I'm going to deliver a strike to Jamar Chase on the boundary. Incredible. Uh, Plus seven are the Bengals. The ba- we're going to get to our picks here in just a little bit, but we got to let Hench vent here. He hasn't had a bite at the apple yet, and I want to hear it. And uh, I hope the listener is enjoying okay. it as well so, as he so reviews. Like, the Titans fans just destroyed, uh, and and then and then we go to Lambo. And look, you know, I know a lot of us are torn. Because, you know, world's biggest douchebag is the quarterback. But have you ever met a Packers fan you didn't like? I mean, these are the greatest people in the world. Salt of the earth, just great people. So, you know, you're you're delighting in in this performance where it's like, and look, obviously special teams a problem, but uh, offense scored uh, three points after the nine minute mark of the first quarter. Like you can't, the special teams, might not have mattered if uh, if 12 plays a little bit better for the Packers. All that said, I swear if if the Niners had merely recovered that block punt on the five, like if they don't I, I was thinking the same thing, right? Better get score, that in there, guys. Because you're not going to score from the five. Anyway. Same thing as TJ Watts scooping up that fumble in, in Arrowhead. Like, he better cross the goal line himself because it ain't getting there otherwise, right? Well, you know, it's the only way you can lose this game is if they score – when you're in punt formation and sure enough they do. So, so all my Packer fan friends, I'm like just devastated, you know, delighted obviously uh, that, that Aaron Rodgers is miserable, um, but feel really, really bad for them. And, and, you know, as I think you were talking to Sal last week, it's like um, not a great trophy hall as it turns out, if the Aaron Rodgers era is over in, in green Bay, like one a piece for Favre and Rodgers when you, you've you've gone multiple football generations with a superstar quarterback, I'm I'm as you know big on journey over destination with these things, and if it gives you something to look forward to next week, that's uh, that's one of the great elements of being a sports fan. But man, thirty years you had you never it's not a great quarterback. You never had worse. Maybe you can accept. The, the first year Rodgers took over for Favre, but he did put up some big numbers. It's not like he had a lousy season, but that was the worst of, of his run as the Packers QB. 
30 years, you you never had worse than than the third best quarterback in the NFL. You had like the one or two or at worst, the third best quarterback in the league. And you've won the same number of Lombardis as Dilfer and Flacco gave to Charm City. Yuck. That's hard to grab. That's something to grapple with. By the way, you want to throw a little bit more on here. I worked it out. Um, if the Niners and, and we talked to J.B. Long, voice of the Rams on the earlier pod, really fun stuff, uh, digging in on the Niners and Rams rivalry and what's going to go on in SoFi and what is going on this week with uh, McVay and, and and Mrs. Stafford and everybody else saying, please, Rams fans, come to the game and don't let Niners fans have your tickets. And Jimmy G saying, get in there, Niners fans. We need you real bad. That that side story is great. And there's so many fun legacy things for Stafford and the Heat being on the Rams, having mortgaged their future for this moment and the Niners being the plucky team. And Shani has McVay's number and all that. It's It, it really is grand stuff. Um, but... You, you, you do think about week 18, that the Niners should have lost that game and so 99.9% win probability for the Rams when Robbie Gold has to punt from the end zone. Think 99.9. Think that, about that. And if that doesn't... And right. you have to punt. If the Rams don't let the Niners off the hook there, then the first round, the wild card round is... Saints at Bucks, all three divisional games. Saints at Bucks. Then you get the Eagles at the Cowboys, and you get the Cards at the Rams. The Rams hammer the Cards once again. The Cowboys clearly have the Eagles number in Dallas. I think they take care of the Eagles pretty good. Now the Saints have owned Tom and Company's um, Saints, but let's say that the Bucks win that one. Dallas, uh, the Rams then have to go to Lambo. Do you like them in that spot? Do you, do you think that they show up in the same manner that the Niners do? And the Rams certainly wouldn't want to be making that trip versus playing even the the GOAT in Tampa. They definitely wouldn't prefer that. So in a way, they gave themselves a gift, but now careful what you wish for because now you got to play the Niners who you haven't been able to beat in some time. It, it really sets up to be juicy. And then people will say, like you hinted at as well, like, well, that's just a bad break for Rodgers and company. It was a block punt isn't his fault. That's, this is what legacies are predicated on, and sometimes it's unfair. And as I always point out, the number one difference between Peyton Manning and Dan Marino and how we perceive them, and most people, if you see their lists in the in the year of the Lord, 2022, of who's the best quarterback of all time in the rankings, Peyton generally now is coming in ahead of Marino. And why? Because Peyton Manning, when he got to a Super Bowl, beat Rex Grossman when Marino uh, got the Super Bowl. He had to play Joe Montana. I mean, it's unfair, but that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Sorry, Rogers. It's been long enough now. It's weird that you haven't gotten back to a Super Bowl in this long. Anyway, continue okay, okay. with your so, rant. So uh, total devastation for Titan fans, total devastation for Packer fans. Uh, we'll, we'll jump over the Rams Bucks and go to the, the, the greatest game any of us have ever seen, unless you're a Bills fan. And, you know, it's been dissected a million different ways. Obviously, I was watching with a bunch of guys. We're all yelling squib, 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 squib. Were you? And, yeah. Oh, really? In the moment, you the and moment, Sal you know, and like Carol and everybody it. else are you yelling. Yeah. You got to squib it or sky it. You can't. You you have to. You have to burn clock. Anyway, and I know everyone's like the Grim Reaper game, Mahomes. Um, here's what Mahomes, Mahomes. Mahomes completed a pass to an completely uncovered Tyreek Hill and then completed a pass to Kelsey that was like a no pads, seven on seven, 
mid-July. Well, I don't know. Like, what am I watching? Uh, I'm just going to go down and just go into this acre of space. And then you throw me the ball. Like, I can't, I still, you know, and I mean, all of us who've lived through car crashes as sports fans where you're like, what, what is everyone doing? What was the call? What are people thinking? Uh, it's just impossible to, to allow uh, that many yards on two downs with no resistance. So then Bills fans who are, who, I mean, no matter how used to it you are in terms of getting your heart torn out, you know, there are new levels of pain. And especially with that quarterback performance, that team, I, I just, I was really, I mean, and obviously it, it kept me from going four for four in the anti-chalk weekend. And, and I lost some money on the game and, and I was like, but I felt terrible for my Bills fan friends. But the craziest thing of the Titan uh, uh, Packer Bills nightmares is as bad as those three nightmares were, the Rams would have been worse. The Rams oh, would have yes. been worse than oh, all yes. of them. Oh my God. You know, I am a big believer in the uh, Bill Belichick, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Hey, buddy, you fumbled early in the game. You're not going to be on the field again. That's that for you. I just, I feel like there's something about Bob Knight's way too. Yeah. yeah. Get him this time. Not get him yeah. next game. Maybe. Maybe. Like there's something about fumbling in particular where it gets like you start thinking, don't fumble that your approach is like, don't fumble. And you fumble, you're nervous. So, you know, Cam Akers fumbles inside the one, by the way, that's the first knockout punch. That game's over there. Right. If he doesn't give them the ball inside the one yard line on a non-hit. Like it's not, it's it's not like he got popped. It's just kind of a weird cartwheel tackle and he lays the ball on the ground. So that that would have been it for for Kenny. It really was weird that they didn't have Sony Michelle in there it, 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 on the second fumble. Yeah. More sure-handed. That's it. Right. A, not not gonna fumble. Closer. I mean, Sony right. Michelle's the closer, as Patriot fans remember. And so uh they send Cam Akers back out there and again. A non-hit. It's not like when Stephen Ridley fumbled because he was unconscious for the Patriots. Sue just sticks his mid in there and takes the ball away. Like, what the fuck, man? You cannot fumble in that situation. So, you know, the Rams are are are, are looking at the worst loss of the four. But uh, but the Bucks uh, did did him a favor. <laughs> And because uh, that game goes to overtime, I just can't really conjure a way that the Rams win it. I guess they could have done the same. Of course. Thing they did. Yeah. No, they certainly uh, would have uh, lost on the yeah. drive. But like, you know, I, and then when I saw, you know, in live action, you're like, is that Antoine Winfield? Like, who's he blowing by? Where is it? What's going on? And then you see the replay and you're like, oh, no, believe it or not, this was semi by design. Like, <laughs> this isn't a blown coverage. This is a blown call. Right. Yeah, but, you know, I, the other side of it is, man, what a, what a, look at this, by the way, a, a moment here. We need, we need sponsorship here, LaCroix. Not only did you win the coveted Shecky Award for the best bubble water of 2021, now, it's Kudate, Kudate. This is, a, it won the Shecky Award, and now me and Hench are where, where, where are you at, LaCroix? Come uh, <laughs> give, give Eddie Spaghetti a call. He's going to be sitting there crying after the blue shirts lose first place. And he sees well, his dreams of a 2021 uh, Stanley Cup. You can't do math then, I guess, Shaq. Why? You know, if well, because the Rangers are playing the Blue Jackets, who are terrible. Right, they're going to well. lose. Yeah, but that, why, that's... Why would they lose? 
Because that that heralds in the Rick Nash Memorial Cup game. They're going to. Uh, no, no. All right. So then you guys lose to the Kraken. They're both equally as bad. It's it, the, the math doesn't work out. If the teams both win, Rangers stay in the first place. Time I'm trying to think of some like weird, probably creepy sex metaphor for like what the what the listener is experiencing when we're talking about football and then you fucking hijack it over to hockey. Yeah, like right. it's like that's we're right. in a really nice tantric like we're getting where we need to be. We're talking football. <laughs> and then and then you guys veer over into some what Sting sort of, does for for hey, love I, didn't want to, I did not want to talk hockey right now. That no, I fair. don't want a shoulder rub. We're way past shoulder rub. We're, 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 we're at the point of no return here. We're in Ravel's Bolero with the football, All not right. the, so much with the hockey. So, so to your point that you were trying to make before you started talking about the fucking Blue Jackets. Hey, by uh, the way, congratulations to the city of Boston on uh, on the Avs' big win. I know you guys love to celebrate when the oh, Avalanche so win game. I so couldn't, I couldn't tweet back at you because they blew that lead last night. God damn it. Um, so – to your point that you were trying to make before yeah. you abandoned your own point, it is a it is a great side by side if you want to look at two zero blitzes and the throws that occurred after them. Mm-hmm. Goff gets the zero blitz, the rare zero blitz from Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, and he floats that ball up to Stefan Gilmore on the other team. Okay, so that that's Goff's that was Goff's response to the zero blitz, and and for Stafford to to make that that fadeaway jumper, like you know, he's just when you look at it, at the at him releasing it, and then his body after he throws it, you're like, well, that can't be on the money. Can that be? Can that possibly be on the money? I mean, that's like that's like a, a Butch and Sundance, some kind of trick shot, like, and it just. It just comes right into the basket. And, and I love and, when that kind of stuff happens. I love when the man is put on the spot and the man comes through. That's comes great the stuff. hour comes the man. So, uh, so, so you know the the Rams fan base. And again, we'll find out how big it is or if it exists this weekend. Um, dodged uh, uh, the craziest bullet of the weekend, even even with all the other uh, devastation going on around them. And I just. You know, I said when I picked the Bills, again, obviously a coin flip, literally a coin flip. It turned out literally a coin flip. Um, but I was like, Josh Allen and, and, and Patrick Mahomes are going to they're going to square off 15 times. Like this is going to be an unbelievable, you know, you look at like those Bradshaw Stabler years. They they didn't last as long as you re- think they lasted like, the you know, that the, the the Steelers were already always in the Raiders' way, and they got by him that one time and one like Allen and, and Mahomes are just going to like trade that AFC title back and forth. And I really thought Josh Allen was going to get his first this year. It just felt, and then and then he goes out and and puts up another. I mean, he scores eighty three points over two games, nine TDs, zero picks. 134 yards rushing on 17 carries. Got to be better, buddy. You got to be better. What, 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 what kind of world is this? Do you, you wish to take better. a bite at the overtime apple? I, I, I The solve, the, the solutions that everybody throws out remain the same. I haven't heard any uh, new soil uh, unter- overturned here to, to solve this. 
it it is the, i think mine's still the best F- full 15 minutes play it out there will be plenty of drama involved in that if the chiefs go down the field and score a touchdown and the bills have you know five uh, ten minutes left in the in the overtime frame it'll be plenty juicy the moment of um sudden death the game's over the season's over this team's moving on is great but i still think you'll have plenty of juicy stuff happening i love it you know i'm I'm as you know a fan of of soccer but smart enough not to start talking about it lest we lose listeners um so we're gonna lose listeners because i make a a quick aside about eddie spaghetti's uh, beloved hockey team maybe we gained blue jackets listeners that's goddamn right maybe it went out on the wire Quick, guys. They're talking about the Blue Jackets. Um, So, (laughs) so, yeah, play, you know, obviously benefited the Patriots when, you know, they're playing the Falcons. You're like, oh, boy, uh, if we win this toss, I don't think there'll be a third down on this drive. Are they going to score? Of course they're going to score. It'll be interesting if there's a third down. And I think we kind of all felt the same way about that Bills Chiefs coin flip where there are some games that go to overtime 13-13 and you're like, these rules work for this game. Uh, and then there and then there are shootouts where you're like, it's just too much on the coin flip. And I think you could leave the rules as is for the season and then adopt your full overtime rules for the playoffs, which is what they do. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes, you do want to shorten the games because the week-to-week stuff and everything else. But yes, once you get to the playoffs, the standards should change. Right, exactly. Give both sides a chance with the ball. Um Let's get into our picks, but before we do that, because we're moving on from the divisional round, do you want to genuflect on any level here to Tom Brady? Do you, uh, I didn't, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great performance by him, which is why it would have sucked if the Bucks would have, I, I, I think the world over, you say everybody was rooting against the Packers. I feel like everybody was rooting against uh, the rally there because it didn't feel like, I can't believe Brady's doing it again. It was more it's happening again and he's not even doing anything to make it happen this time they're somehow going to survive this game because the other team just handed it over that would have sucked well it's funny because as you well know um you know in in brady's insane trophy case there are a lot of trophies you can point to and go he was the beneficiary of a colossal fuck up by the other team right i mean most notably the seahawks (laughs) You know, Brady gets a ring. Why? Because the Seahawks lost their minds. You know, and moments like that, and then we've talked about that with Belichick, his great skill is not being the guy who makes the terrible mistake. So Brady, like, you know, it's like, what is what is Brady doing for most of this comeback? He's watching Cam Akers fumble. He's watching Cooper Cup fumble. He's getting strip sacked. And then watching the center rifle a ball 40 yards past the quarterback. Like the things that were happening to your point, like Brady did function admirably down the stretch, but so much of it was a byproduct of the Rams trying, as so many teams have, trying desperately to award this guy the victory. I picked the Rams because, I mean, first of all, I was like the Godwin thing has to matter. And there were a couple of moments in that game where you're like, Godwin catches that. Godwin catch not a great throw, but you know who catches it? Godwin. Um, but the Rams defense, and it'll be interesting this weekend because the way you beat a super fast defense is you hammer them, you maul them, and not you know that's not really what what Brady and the Bucks were were doing. And so you 
if every one of their defenders is a little faster than the guy he's covering, you're in trouble uh, unless Jalen Ramsey just decides to let Mike Evans blow by him, just just blow by him. Like everything the Rams were doing to lose that game was so confounding. And I was watching it with two of the seven Rams fans in the world uh, and, and who were melting down, of course. But it, it was it did feel like here we go again. Tom Brady's going <laughs> to. It really, it really was. It felt like ding dong, the witch is dead. I mean, uh, thank goodness that we don't have to deal with another week, nay, another three weeks, because if the Bucks win that and San Francisco's heading to the Tampa St. Pete area, we can kiss the Bucks into the Super Bowl, certainly, and they'll have a pretty good shot at getting it. I, I just, I, it's enough already. So thank goodness for that. Do you think we see Tom Brady again, though? playing for the Buccaneers or shame the devil Sal was floating out some diabolical other options for him that would uh, that would torment certain fan bases do you think Tom Brady hangs it up or no read the tea leaves I think he comes back I think he you know obviously his numbers you know were incredible I mean he sort of had the uh the the David or if that is his final season it's the David Ortiz final season David Ortiz only led the league in slugging and OPS once in his career. It was his last season at age 40. So you could make the David Ortiz argument go out on top. But I just think, you know, he's obviously not a very interesting person. He doesn't have a, a ton of hobbies. And if he feels good physically, why not saddle up with that particular offense again and throw for 5,000 more yards? Well, uh, here's the other thing. The the part of Tom Brady that doesn't get enough credit um, is with the with the last couple of years in, in Tampa is the head scratcher when he announced around the Super Bowl a couple of years ago that he was going to of all places in football America, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the uniform, the the relative lack of history there and otherwise Wait, you could go to to L.A. and be a part of the Chargers and this exciting new brand in the second biggest market in America. Or you could go to San Francisco. I know there was some stuff going on there that, that they kind of maybe said we're going to stick with Jimmy G. But there were New Orleans and so on. There were places he could have gone. Tampa, that was an ingenious move by Brady. He he wasn't driven by ego to the extent that that. He was like, well, wherever I go, that's that's the biggest show in, in America. It was like this. Look at that roster. I can win with that roster. I'll bring I'll, I'll attract Gronk to join me. And boy, we'll be loaded up and ready to roll. Credit to him for making that decision. So as far as that goes, if he's looking around now this offseason, if Rodgers moves to Denver or anywhere else in the AFC, well, the Packers are out of the way. And now Sean Payton's out of the way in New Orleans. So that bugaboo kryptonite for his team the last couple of years is probably a non-factor. The path should be a little breezier for him than it than it has been the last couple of years. So based on that, if he thinks maybe I can maybe I can go out on top, I'll have a real shot of getting to the Super Bowl next year. Right. Does that uh, stand to reason? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. I don't, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who suffers from burnout. Like he just doesn't seem like, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to wake up and play football anymore. You know, it just never happens to him, you mm. know? Uh, and, be, and of course the game's more fun when you're leading the league in touchdown passes. So I, I don't know. You know what he's doing? Know. You know what he's doing? 
He's doing the Balboa thing in Rocky Two when Adrian is against him. She's she says to Balboa, you know, no more. No, take you know, you you told me you were gonna quit, and you didn't quit. And now that you know that I, I'm worried about your well-being, your long-term, and this is what he's doing um, with Giselle. He's holding her up as like, well, it's her fault. She wants me to retire. It's not just about me. Giselle doesn't like me taking the beating anymore. Then Adrian goes into a coma, and then when she comes out, she says, "I want I win, Rocky, win." Um, but I don't think he I wants mean, he I, wants I Giselle to wake up one morning in their in one of their manses and say. Do you know what I would like you to do, Tom? Win. Win. Dung. And then he'll he'll use his video team to cut uh, a video of him with Rocky music getting ready for 2022. I think that's what he wants, and I think but that's I, where this one Don't up. you think that she's also uh, fully infected with the Alex Guerrero impervious? Like, I don't think uh, – there are cyborgs who don't sleep with their phones in the bedroom and don't eat nightshades. I – I don't think she actually thinks he can get hurt. I think they're it's they're so close to like Westworld robots at this point. I don't think there's I don't think there's any emotion involved in this decision for, you know, the love of her life risk risking his body out there. I just think, you know, they're they're cyborgs that are kind well, of. Well, but he set the narrative up. I'm just saying he he came out with like it's not just my decision. It's the family's. Giselle doesn't like it. I think he has set her up to then say to him or into a microphone or to be like, you know what? I do think Tom has earned one more year to take a run at this for, for his fans and everyone else. And it sets up a farewell tour to beat the band. But you know what happens? You know what happens, uh, whether it's Favre or any of these guys who, who hang on for a long time, is right about now, they get a lot of family time. whole lot of family time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> And then come OTAs, uh, optional seems like a good option. Okay. How about some team activities? Someone's going to remind, you know what? And he's one of those guys who loves the fuel. Like I, I was disrespected. He loves that as much as anybody does. Aaron Rodgers getting the MVP is probably enough to goose him, right? He's going to be like, well, I mean, you know, I, I've had some time to think about it these last few weeks and, uh, you know. Old man Brady had a pretty good season too. And now I got to remind the world about that. And that leads me to Aaron Rodgers and all the speculation about where he's going. It's funny. If Jordan Love would have had a good game against the Chiefs midway through the season, right as the Chiefs defense is starting to turn it around, people in Wisconsin who were told no one would ever live in that part of the country were it not for Aaron Rodgers, no one would ever want to move up there to play football or otherwise. Those people would be like, hey, Aaron, we'll give you a ride to the airport. Get the hell out of town. We're ready for the next generation here. But Jordan Love didn't. So now people are nervous that what are we going to what's going to be? What's going to be for our fandom if this guy leaves, whether we find him problematic as a human being or not? The kid didn't look great against KC. If he had had a Matt Flynn type game, people would be like, goodbye, Aaron. See ya. Thanks for nothing. Thanks for that Super Bowl 12 years ago. But Aaron Rodgers, so I think he, I, I do think it's setting up, obviously, that he's going to go to Denver at this point. The one that hit me uh, today, the Minnesota Vikings. Time is a flat circle, after all. And why not go out the way he came in? Having to watch Brett Favre go out and Packers fans grimacing as they watch him toil for a division rival and Vikings grappling with, like, are we so pathetic that we're going to cheer for this guy? 
I say do it again. Run it right back. Same exact, same teams. I don't want them on the Lions or Bears or anyone else. Send them to the Vikings. Let that be the, the be the emblematic of both franchises in the 21st century, that this is where they both are. I think that would be great. Yeah. And by the way, all his crying about, oh, you didn't give me a receiver and everything. He'll have some nice pass catchers there. He'll have Dalvin Cook. He can really stick it to the Packers. I think this is the way for our entertainment, right? Uh well, that would be hilarious, obviously, because the whole Nathaniel Hackett thing has got to be um, you can deliver your boy. Right. I mean, you know, it's a, like, yeah, oh, we're, not, yeah. we're not really big Nathaniel Hackett fans. Nobody is. Who gives a shit? But you can deliver your boy. And it reminded me of uh, Larry Brown at Kansas. Eddie's too young to remember this, but. Larry Brown just goes, uh, I know I can't give Danny Manning a huge grocery bag full of cash, but you know what I can do? I can hire his dad as assistant coach at the University of Kansas. And then, uh, hey, Danny Manning's going to move to Lawrence and dominate and be the Kansas player of the year. And then he's going to come win a championship here at Kansas. How funny would it be if, if Danny Manning goes, oh, I'm going to go to Indiana. <laughs> No, I'm psyched. No, thank you for hiring my dad. That's awesome. That's he's a great assistant coach. I appreciate that you saw what a great assistant coach he is. Me, I'm going to go play for the Hoosiers. Uh, like, of, of course, it's a package deal. So if Hackett goes to Denver and then Rodgers goes, I never cared for the guy. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, yeah, I, I, I right out of the gate. On face, don't trust this Nathaniel Hackett character because what kind of guy calls himself Nathaniel instead of Nate? Well, you go yes. through life, you don't correct yeah. me. Nathaniel, what do you think? Like, ah, come on, call me Nate. That, you, you don't correct on that? What if Eddie Spaghetti were such a pain in the ass? He was like, please, fellas, please, I'm Edward Spaghetti. We, we, we would know. That would be all well, you'd need to know about the guy. You and I, you and I know a, a, young, uh, a young nine-year-old who corrected me when I called him Matt. He said it's Matthew. It's Matthew. It's Matthew. Okay. Good luck getting your lunch money stolen, Matthew. And have a great life. All right. I, I do want to hear your thoughts on the baseball hall of fame. And if you wanna if you wanna jump in on um on Aaron Rodgers, I I, I we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. All right, let's, well, let's I, I, well the first thing, like, look, I I mean there there's there's so many delightful parts to that that brutal all right we'll get to it let's let's make our picks now and then we'll and then we'll get back to hench style commentary on the other side of it as you guys know it's uh it's very easy for me to make my picks this week because i can just ask spaghetti to roll the tape from when i made my preseason super bowl picks here we go We we can just roll the tape from september i love the rams and i and i do feel like if if ever there was a guy who can can snap that Super Bowl loser jinx. It's Mahomes, you know, like just a generational talent. So we, you know, the best the best game in NFL history was that that Rams Rams Chiefs played. You know, you know the the burning embers of a of you know it had to be moved because of a wildfire and like and and it was 51 45 i think was the final it was an incredible game anyway obviously they won't light it up like that with this with this rams defense but i like i like rams chiefs that 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 feels uh like a like a nice matchup hey that, that guy's prophetic and again 
This is a gambling podcast. If it happens, so, yes, that'll be very Everybody impressive. should be loaded up on that preseason pick Rams Chiefs, and I'm not going to deviate from it. Um, I want I like them both to cover. Um, now, it's funny I said it won't be 51-45 like that shootout. Um, however, it, it, it I do like I do like the both I like the Chiefs. I like both games over this week. I like the Chiefs Bengals over. That still feels way too low, 54 and a half. And then I and then I like Rams Niners over uh in a game where weather won't be an issue. I think it's is it was it 46 and a half? Um but there, so so the Chiefs I the pretty pretty obvious prohibitive favorite. Why am I picking the Rams against the team that they haven't beaten six straight? I I well first of all, <laughs> law of averages, but the Rams learned something in week 18, right? About, about taking the, the foot off the pedal. Sure. You know, I, and I just feel like that the, the reason they're playing this team is because they feathered back on the throttle a little bit and that won't happen this time. And, but the they defense- just did it last week too. I mean, maybe now the double down of that experience is enough to shake McVeigh up and say we got to keep our foot on the gas. But they did the same thing in the fourth quarter against the Bucks when they were reeling. They tried. They took their foot off the gas. Well, not just took their foot off the gas, but just just kept giving the, ball the, back, the other, right. giving the ball to the other team. Four lost fumbles, and you win. Insane. Anyway, so. Plus 100 on that. Not that juicy Chiefs versus Rams. Great call by you, though, in the preseason there, Hench. Kudos to you. Just just real fun. Just for fun's sake. Spaghetti, do you have your pick? Uh, well, I didn't clip my audio, but oh, I okay. picked the um, I picked Titans uh, Bucks was my pick. Titans we Bucks. Yeah, and, I, Titans. and I had the all L.A. Super Bowl. I can I play had. yours if you want. Oh, you have it? All right, go ahead. Eddie Spaghetti, my Super Bowl pick. To be played in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. Hit it, Eddie Spaghetti. At long last, yes, the hills of Hollywood will burn as the fights break out all over the place in SoFi and beyond. L.A., VLA, Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Get it at plus 12,000. The Chargers and Rams to settle all hash. Boy, that would have been grand. See, oh, that would have yeah. been better than anything else. I stand well, by it. It's funny. The image that you conjure there, you know, the, this idea of the passionate Rams fans <laughs> and the passionate Chargers fans. It's a powder keg, people. It's a powder keg. You don't know what's going to happen when these two fan bases get – and it's like, you know, you think about like Mets, Yankees, and the battle for the back page. Who's winning the back page? Like Rams, Chargers are like <laughs> – do we get mentioned in the newspaper at all in Los Angeles? Can you Can shut we- up about the Raiders for three minutes and talk about us a little bit? They'll be playing that song. Well, they're, they're, playing, they're playing punk music on the radio. Please, will Angelinos fight this week? Please. Somebody, Check anybody. When Sheck and I were at uh, SoFi Spaghetti for the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, this guy's walking us to our suite, and Sheck goes like, uh, so, so who do you root for, Rams, Chargers? He goes, Raiders. <laughs> oh right, right. Of course, you root for LA's actual team, the Raiders. Uh, it's perfect. So it's so- LA. This is going to be. But if the Rams, this is obviously this is what is required. People are going to get into the Rams if they win this game. You'll watch, and the so the Chargers are, are super up? exciting. Are you sticking with your Rams preseason Super Bowl pick? 
All right, let's go over these uh, <laughs> in a little more depth here. All right, you, you jumped in there, and uh, wait, let me get to oh, poop. How did I get off the NFL page here? Oh, because I was looking up the Super Bowl odds. Hold on. Quick, Eddie, talk about the Blue Jackets. I, Phil, I Phil, 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 talk about the Kraken. The Kraken, what kind of team name is this? Kraken, the uniforms, as great as they are. The Kraken is one mythical beast, and the team is 20 guys. It makes no sense, and it's a bummer because I really want to be supportive of uh, of that team. And the Phoenix Coyotes were just in Pittsburgh, um, and it's too bad. I say again, just get them the hell out of there and move them to Portland already, and it'll be a, a whole new regional market. For Not to uh, anger Hench, but just something that just floated across the Twitter is that the Coyotes are in such bad uh, times right now with their own arena. They're going to have to actually play – the next three to four years in Arizona State's hockey arena. That's how bad it is. It's it really, it, it is grim. Three or four years I'm going to be playing in in Sun Devils Arena or whatever the hell it's called. All right, Bengals, Chiefs. I think it's noteworthy. It's something I've pointed to throughout this season, the consistency of result between the same two teams going head-to-head here. If I believe this, then I must bet it heavily. That means I got to take the Bengals who took down the Chiefs what, a month ago even? Was it even a month ago? Maybe four weeks ago in that seminal victory. It felt like it at the time. I told you it was going to come. Jeff Schwartz, the the KC Chiefs' biggest fan in the world who loves to argue and get get, uh, chippy about it if you denounce them on any level, scoffed at my prediction. Now who's laughing? I believe in Burrow at least plus seven. It's a big number. Um, It is interesting you know, uh, past as prologue. So both these games, there's real mirror image, right? Both these games feature a rematch of a game that the losing team thought they had won, right? right. The Chiefs jump truck the Bengals. Like that was like, that game was over. In fact, I only saw the first half of that game. I was on the road and I was like, oh, well, that uh, that went badly for the Bengals. And then, and then by the time I got back to a TV, it was... Uh, it, it was Taylor calling 11 fourth down plays. Like what, what is happening? What, you know, first of all, why is he doing it? But it, it did pay off. I think in both games, the team that for a big chunk was like, Oh, we're much better than these guys. That's right. We're much better than these guys. W- won't, uh, won't back off. And I, I don't like know the that ch- in that game, if you really pick that one apart, it was it, it again, uh, what everybody and their mother now talks about is Burrow and the Bengals in, at large, their resiliency in in these spots. But they went down a couple of touchdowns twice in that game. No matter, they just they they uh, uh, rallied there. And you know the Chiefs' defense did turn a corner halfway through the season, but it you know it's not some world beater defense. Now, what the Bengals. You know, if you're a Bengals fan, you got to be concerned about what the Chiefs pass rush is going to do to that O-line that just got trucked all day by the Titans. Um, You know, the lamest of all analysis is don't turn the ball over. But really, that that's why the Bills Chiefs game went the way it did. One turnover in either direction. And now it would it would presumably in the second half turned in to a two score game. And then that would be the end of it. Um or, or one extra possession probably creates enough of a margin for one team to to um, create enough distance so it isn't as dramatic in, in the final minutes there. 
Um, and Burrow just has not been turning the ball over. Joe Mixon hasn't been dropping the ball. So I say take the road team plus seven and history will support that. I know this is a, a there is a, a third straight trip to a Super Bowl on the line and there's a lot at stake for the Chiefs. I don't think they're emotionally going to let down, but there is something too in football and beyond that when you play a game like they just played, that there is a weird sort of uh, hangover from it, even in this spot, that that when you play a game that dramatic and, and that sort of, uh, you know, takes that much out of your soul, that there is maybe a little bit, not, uh, like I say, not a emotional letdown, but it's maybe hard to get up for, for, for those critical moments for all 60 minutes, but right? Do you it, buy that or no? I, I'm, the more you talk, the more the more I'm liking a Chiefs blowout. For, really? For Why? Reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think Chris Jones is Jeffrey Simmons. Like, I think that that no. D-line is, okay, is, uh, right. is, is legit and that they're going to, you know, watch the film on all the different ways to get in Burrow's lap. Burrow's coming, you know, they scored 19 points. Like, obviously, that's not going to get it done this week. And, and uh, but beyond that, the thing that, you know, watching Mahomes, it's, you know, it, it, it He's you don't really learn anything new about Mahomes. He just reminds you, oh, right. He's he's incredible. The thing he was doing against the Bills and the Bills, they had a lot of plays where they plastered the receivers like there is nobody open. And Mahomes extends the play out to the right. Mahomes extends the play out to the left. Mahomes sees daylight and he's sprinting for 30 yards like, wow, he's fast. And the plays Mahomes made with his legs to extend plays, but there was there's always this insane, eerie calmness. Like his legs never start chopping. Like he never starts, you know, he doesn't start patting the football. His feet don't start going, oh shit, I'm about to get hit. It is this just preternatural cool where no matter where the clock in his head is, he's like, something's gonna develop, someone's gonna come open. If it's, you know, if it's Pringle or McKinnon and I just feel like that, you know, the Bengals are are stepping up in class. And, and the other thing, of course, is successful season, no matter what for the Bengals. There's only one way the Chiefs season successful. So I think sure 31, I agree 31, with 13, you know, 40, 41, 24. I, I just don't see this. The, the Bengals hanging with the Chiefs. Who, you know, and again, we don't have the stats in front of us there. Yes, there is a a hangover, but there's also, ooh, that was the chance they had to kill us. Right. That was the chance they had to slay the dragon. Right. Yeah. I, 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 there's something about that mystique and it kind of connects back to what you were saying about the Brady Belichick stuff, which is unforced errors, except that those errors are forced by the mystique that you're, that you're spooked by what's going on on the other sideline. And we're playing Brady and Belichick's Patriots here. We have to do something different. We have to, it forced teams over and over and over again to do things that were were not a part of their identity. And I do think that that is real, but I don't think Burrow is is one of those guys who who tries to do stuff that he's not capable. Of. I haven't seen him do that. I completely hear what you're what you're saying. You know and, what and, by nice, way, so- and by the way, and by the way, the Chiefs, de- I, I guess you could say the same thing about the Bengals defense versus the Bills defense, but the Chiefs have had their stretches, but don't compare the Titans pass rush versus what the what the Chiefs bring I to the table. Chris and, and, Jones, although I think and also Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon can truck that defense a little if if they 
I mean, that'll be the interesting choice that they make in the first half, the Bengals. Are they, how committed are they? Because they're in that spot of, that we always talk about, that if you think you get the way to beat the Chiefs is to spin the clock, it's not going to work. You're not, they're going to score points on you. So don't indulge this nonsense about like, if we could just keep it away long enough from Mahomes, he's going to get enough possessions to put up 30 in all likelihood. So you have to enter the game. But I also think that, Mixon can make some hay against that defense. So it'll be fun to see how much Burrow turns around and gives it to Mixon because he has a chance to get off much better this week than he did against that Titans uh, run defense last week. I, I will say this, and I, it, I don't I don't have the guy's name handy, which is good because it's, it's not flattering what I'm going to say, but I, it was nice of the Chiefs' corner to – fall down in a way that all of us would fall down. If a guy, if a guy came out of his break that fast and put that move, we would just fall on our backs. And it was nice to go like, oh, it even the best of them. Okay. That's because you know, when you saw that play, you're like, wait, I don't even know how you blow a coverage. I don't know how that guy gets that open there. Did you have eight guys on the field? What just happened? And then you see the replay, you're like, oh, all right. He he got Allen Iverson on a fucking pass pattern on fourth and thirteen, no less. I can't, I can't believe that that Allen performance. It is it is crazy stuff to say, but that might be the best back to back performance by a QB in one postseason of all time. I know I said last well, week you're gonna you're never gonna find a statistically comparable, especially when you no. add in the rushing yards. Right, um, exactly. That's the thing that I think goes away. Uh, I'm sorry, Bills fans is that McDermott and we talked to Hall of Famer Bruce Smith on extra points on Wednesday, and he more or less confirmed that he's like, yeah, I talked to McDermott, which, by the way, is is the best thing that Sean McDermott, when he has some uh, some stuff, he literally gets in touch with Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, and Jim Kelly. Like, these are, these are his go-tos. This is what you want as a fan. You want it to stretch through the generations. Like, yeah, of course, who else would I call when, when I have football matters to discuss? Um... But he did kind of confirm, like, it's you you can't have your franchise running around. I think that we've seen Josh Allen running around to that degree um, it, come and gone now, which is what makes it sad if you're a Bills fan. But anyway. Um, like, I just want to, like, you know, again, just to just to stick the shiv in Rodgers one last time. Uh, you know, when you look at the fourth and 13 Josh Allen throw, just these incredibly, I, you know, because, of course, you have to fi- you have to find the guy that beat his man, right? You know, and clearly their plan was to take Diggs away, and Allen was like, "All right, I'm going to make a legend out of Davis." Right, like, exactly. I'm not going to force it into my guy because I'm going to throw it to the open guy. And you compare that to Lazard running wide open in space in the middle of the field, and Rogers trying to jam it deep to the only guy he had any faith in by the end of the game. And that's a losing quarterback play, you know. And, and so to your point about um, what defines a QB, what you know, like, well, he throws the ball to Lazard, they win that game. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. I so anyway, I I absolutely throw it to Jerry Judy in the same situation. He Cortland Sutton's gonna be wide open. 
Well, I, it's all that is going to be an interesting little thing that he wants Devonte Adams to join him. And by the way, what if the Packers decide to tag Devonte Adams? So that'll be a that'll be a funny storyline. But also, the one thing the Broncos do don't need are more pass catchers. But Aaron Rodgers is going to say, "Well, I got to have my guy, or else why? Why do I want to come there? It's I, I have to write exactly who it is." And that's the same game he's he's playing in Green Bay. Well, I'll come back maybe, but I'm not going to do it if it's part of a it's rebuild. Be Devonte Adams and Jordy Nelson. Package deal. <laughs> I listen. If you want to live and not just survive, I don't think you're loco. If you decide to bet Joe Burrow's Bengals on the money line at plus two seventy five, I also say I think it's funny that the total on this one. I guess it kind of stands to reason, but the total on this one is greater by a half a point or point, depending on where you jumped in on it, than the Bills Chiefs was. Um, 54 and a half, and I say that's not enough. Go over in this one, just for the spirit of it. Of course you want this one to be a shootout. Bet that it will be. I don't think, Joe Burrow, you've decided, and I completely believe that organizations and fan bases and the players in the locker room feel like, well, this is that we've exceeded expectations this year. We're, we're, we're lucky to be here. I don't get that. And so if we lose to the Chiefs, no shame in that, in Arrowhead and all that. I don't buy that the Bengals feel that way. I, I just think that there's just there's a funny vibe coming off of Burrow. And of course, I wasn't the first to point it out, but I, I did start talking about it a couple of months ago. And you feel everybody talking about that. And it, it really does feel like he's the genuine article. And when people say, good luck getting to, a, getting to winning a playoff game if you don't have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, also Justin Herbert's in the conference. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers is soon going to be. And you also have um, Joe Burrow. But Burrow is going to be a factor for the next several years, obviously, with the collection of pass catchers he has. Eddie Spaghetti, you're picking the AFC title game so i'll uh i'll tarantino this and I'll, I'll tell you my answer and i'll work backwards i am going to take the Bengals plus the seven um for a few reasons i mean i obviously the Bengals winning the head-to-head matchup i really like that check a couple things that i agree with it you said um and one i disagree that i'll get to is you know I do think there's some factor with the Chiefs players like mentality, man, like that was the best game ever. And like they're on this high and then there's going to be the come down. And they did play this perfect game, this very tight game, but there's no mistakes, no turnovers. And I just don't know if they could repeat that. Whereas the Bengals had a pretty mediocre game. I mean, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times and they still somehow won that game. Thanks to like a popped up in the air interception. uh, Thanks to Tannehill. I think Burrow like I love his attitude coming in there saying like Arrowhead's not going to be as loud as the SEC stadiums and him like he has just this great attitude that I guarantee that locker room is like man this guy is crazy but we believe in him like he's like no fear and I, I just don't like I totally agree the Titans front rush a lot better than the Chiefs and the big thing and you kind of poo-pooed it but I think it's a big big mistake on the Bills part Devin Singletary was in there for 100% of the snaps only carried the ball 10 times and I do think that if they set the tone with Nixon like there's no doubt about it if they if the Chiefs uh excuse me if the Bengals are running seven eight nine minute drives and scoring touchdowns that's gonna that is taking the ball out of Mahomes hands like yeah of course like Mahomes will score his points I'm not worried about that and they'll score two minute drives but I think if they run the ball with Nixon and they actually can sustain a ground uh ground attack that's gonna be really really good to just you know kind of condense the clock on the Chiefs I think that's a big factor also the Bills defense they were the number one defense in the NFL. I just feel like that they were leaving guys wide open. You guys talking about four. Well, they also, when they lost Trey White, that changes the defense 
considerably sure. too. You know, the maybe the best cover corner, you know, top three in the league. When he went down, that then opens things up quite a bit, right? But and I, I could I could see a scenario where the 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 Bengals do play better defensively on certain drives. Like like I said, Mahomes will score his points, but you know, on, on their offense, if you're going to match up like the superstars from the Bengals offense versus the Bills, like you know, obviously Diggs, great player, but I would probably take the Bengals weapons over the Bills weapons. Uh, and, and I think that they're going to create some plays themselves too. I, I can't see a reason why the Bengals wouldn't score just as many points as the chiefs did. And that game bill Chiefs was close. So I have reason to believe that this, this game will be close and I wouldn't even be shocked if the Bengals won this game. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this as somebody who watched the bills, not punt for nine quarters against my team. Uh, they punted four times against the Chiefs. You know, prior to the two-minute warning, the Chiefs defense played pretty well. I mean, considering sure. they were up against Superman, that punter came out on the field quite a few times. And if the Bengals punt four times, they're going to get blown out. That's so. So we're we're on opposite sides of this. I I think the Chiefs beat Goliath. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're Goliath too. Goliath versus Goliath. But now they're playing David, and uh, I don't think Burrow's got the, the slingshot to, to take him down. Um, uh, but uh, this what this what makes it fun. It's uh, losing money. I'll throw something else at you. A fun little prop you can get on FanDuel is Joe Burrow most passing yards plus one seventy. I think that if he is behind at all, then they're going to start slinging it around. I think he has a chance to have a big numbers day there. So look at those Burrow props. I think he, I, I think win or lose, he's going to have a big statistical day. I think that's uh, not that bold to call as the, is the value of that at plus 170 indicates. If you can't tell, we're excited about where these playoffs are and where they're going here. All things on extra points to make it even more fun. Make sure you're betting with us at fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. Also make sure you're getting in to extrapoints.com. Get into the pick them. Only two games to pick here, but plenty of fun things to uh, to pursue there against Cousin Sal on down of, with the uh, extra points gang there. You might even win a gold hat out of that experience and of course FanDuel is excited as anybody is about what's going down here in these playoffs and you can do it risk-free it doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account all customers get up to ten dollars back if your same game parlay doesn't win if you are if you're not familiar with them we love the same game parlays they let you combine multiple bets from one matchup for a big payout you can combine bets on the money line point spread player stats and so much more I say at this point, if you have a rooting interest in any of these four teams, just embrace that team. You're a Bungles fan, embrace Burrow and Mixon and Chase and your team's uh, point total and so on and so forth. This is one of the best things about FanDuel, and there are many I could tick through, but that would consume another hour of your life. I don't want to do that. Suffice to say, though, fast payouts, fun games like the same game parlay and beyond great prop bets for you to make title game weekend even juicier jump in on that and most importantly make sure when you do it you go to fanduel.com slash minus three the word minus the number three and if you do so we'll see you in the winner circle or maybe we won't and now a quick break the other thing before we move on to the other one hench let's say you were in Foxborough as the Patriots complete another impressive um, playoff victory. And um, all of a sudden you're like, 
it's rain. What the hell? I'm having a good time. It's raining. Wait, and you look up and you're like, it's not raining. Uh, Giselle is spraying me with champagne. Offensive mate, uh, offensive meter, Hench. Is too much being made out of Mrs. Mahomes spraying people with champagne, or do you agree that it was out of bounds? Is she spraying, is she spraying Chiefs fans? Yeah. Nothing like acid rain could land on me in that situation, <laughs> and I would be happy. Like, it's a zero on the offensive meter. Like, if you were taunting Bills fans with champagne as they're leaving the stadium, that's terrible. But if you're celebrating, uh, you can do whatever you want. We can urinate on each other. We fucking just won the game. Who cares? Who cares? It's I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. I think it has everything to do with who is committing the deed. People have decided. It's, it really does kind of inform the Hall of Fame discussion, too. David Ortiz versus Barry Bonds is it's kind of like Jules in the diner uh, talking to Travolta at the end of the picture in Pulp Fiction. He's like, like you eat swine like it would better be a, a charming pig. David Ortiz did the same thing that Barry Bonds did. He, it, Ortiz just a more charming pig than Bonds is. I'm not saying Mrs. Mahomes is a pig, but people have decided they don't like her. If you looked up and it was you know, Ben Affleck, or like for Chiefs fans, if it was Paul Rudd doing it, it'd be like, adorable, we love yeah. it, best guy ever. But because yeah. it, because we've decided that that we don't like her, that's why it was yeah. it was criminal Eric, to Eric people, Stone right? Eric Street does it, and right. you, you, you never bathe. You're so, oh my God, this is where he got <laughs> um, But I don't understand that. What was the, I don't know if you were making fun of pigs or Dominicans. What was that analogy with the pork? That was in the movie. I was I was making an, uh, the difference is if you're charming. It's movie, but like it's like the, people don't it, like Barry Bonds, so that's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. They like do a, like David Ortiz. Like ah, that scamp. Is a filthy animal, and David Ortiz is the same. I don't understand. Okay, <laughs> look, <laughs> you can't be happy. It's like you're not allowed to be happy that your guy got in because then everyone yells at you about the people who didn't get it, and it's like okay. It's ridiculous that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame and it makes the Hall of Fame stupid, of course. And by the way, the Hall of Fame will always be stupid as long as there are people like Dan Shaughnessy voting for it. Only guy he voted for this year, Jeff Kent. Now, there's a baseball <laughs> player, people. He did it the right way. He did it the right way. It's like it's so odious on so many levels because Kent and Bonds hated each other. But anyway, so, of course, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, Big Poppy should be in the Hall of Fame. Also, in life, there should be punishments for being a prick. That, like, that, there, there should be repercussions. So, it's like, here's a, here's you don't get to go to the Hall of Fame. But, but uh, you know, like, be a good guy. Be a good quote. Be happy. I agree with all that, as you know. But here's the, the, the solution to me it already is already in existence. It's like, but he cheated. Yes. I, whether you like it or not. And I said this the other day. And, well, and, he, didn't and some, cheat. he didn't cheat. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. He did he something. Wasn't, it wasn't against the rules. He didn't cheat. So we can, a lot of those numbers we can, we can accept. Okay. But people asterisk the steroid era. 
in their brains. The idea when people do that thing of like, well, you what they need is a separate wing for the for the <laughs> for the steroid people, which is which presents a funny future for the Hall of Fame. If like is it dirty? Is it like if you're like a 14 year old kid and you're at the video? Um, well, those don't exist anymore, Eddie Spaghetti. And you go behind the curtain into the X-rated movies. Is it dirty to go Must in there? Like, what does it say about you? If you you went to you went to the Hall of Fame and you went into the steroid wing, dirty. Like you're you're filthy. You're a scumbag to even visit those things. Um, but the point is that you know. Barry Bonds or Ty, people go and see Ty Cobb. They're like, yeah, he was an asshole. Also, he would be weird if he weren't in this Hall of Fame. And it's the same thing. The 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 jury is in. People think the 21st century Patriots were cheaters. So when they see that, you can celebrate it. And if you can remove yourself as a Patriots fan from that and not care what the rest of the world thinks, good for you. You should. But to your point about David Ortiz being in the Hall of Fame, too, it this is this is the way it's perceived and you're not going to unring the bell and everybody would see Barry Bonds and be like, well, I mean, those numbers are probably a little juiced up there because it, let me tell you something. This is what he did halfway through his career. Everybody is, is aware of this. What is the 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 um, requirement of the residents of Mount Pius to be like, we're going to go the extra mile? Not only do we already know that we're not even going to let him in here, thereby cutting their nose to spite their face. Who gives a crap about going to that stupid place hey, or paying it any heat? Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this, Shaq. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Because I, I was having this argument. You know, everyone's got to fucking, you know, take me down. Like, oh, Poppy, 55.3 career war. Uh, the, the, the fucking – we shouldn't – why talk about sports when we just have the computers talk to each other? Like, why? Like, oh, you know, just spit out a fucking number that is the complete, this is what you did. You know what you did? 55.3. That's a fun, that's a fun Sports Illustrated story to read. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just one number long, 55.3. Now, I would argue, and I want to get your take on this, having your leader, your, your, your leader, both on the field and in the clubhouse, being a good guy, like actually being a guy that people like to see when they get to work, you know, they don't factor in um, plus three war because everybody around him was in a good mood. But I couldn't help but notice Poppy won three World Series with his 1372 OPS in those three World Series and the biggest prick since Ty Cobb, Barry Bonds, zero. So, yes, Barry Bonds' OPS, way better than Poppy's, but what's going on around Barry Bonds? Why isn't Barry Bonds, with his 637 on-base percentage, winning World Series? It's very weird. And then you do look at, uh, connected to Eddie Spaghetti's pal, Derek Jeter was uh, was central, obviously, to all those Yankees titles. I guess there's uh, there's something you could point to there. Baseball, of course, is a great point because Jeter is is better. He just is. We all know he's better than he was statistically. Like we're surprised. We're like, oh, wow. I thought he was dominant. You're like he was dominant because he was a winner and he brought everyone around with him. And I got to say, everybody who's like, I'll take less money to play play with Brady. I want to play with Brady. I, I just get me with Brady. Clearly, his reputation is fucking stern taskmaster, good teammate, good leader. So, you know, I don't think anyone was like, you know who I'd love to room with? Barry Bonds. Well, maybe it's maybe it's chicken or the egg kind of stuff of, um, 
you know, a, a, you know, military hardos or whatever in movies always say like respect isn't given, it's earned. And Barry Bonds is, and it's a point I've made the last couple of weeks quite a bit about legacy and all that, and QB wins, and people want to discount the, the the significance of postseason wins versus regular season wins and all that, and tie themselves into knots about all that, and, and the notion of being clutch. Clutch is not elevating one's performance in the big games. It's maintaining that level and not having it drop off. Barry Bonds is the MVP and is on a generational run when he's on the Pittsburgh Pirates. He is the number one reason why the Buccos win three straight division crowns and are a juggernaut. And by the third one, that's probably the worst incarnation of the three teams. But by the time they get to that point, it's already kind of understood like, Oh, yeah, it's October. Barry Bonds doesn't show up in October. And maybe teammates just understood that he was going to fall on his face. And I don't know if it's fair to say that about Aaron Rodgers or or Peyton Manning when it was windy out in postseasons or otherwise. But I think there is something to I think definitely good guy effect. Good guy. But, but but the other side of like being a good guy, I'll tell you this, whatever else about th- my defense of Ben Roethlisberger is always. It, when people go at him, like, how could you root for somebody like that? I'm like, look around, look at Aaron. Ro- now look at Aaron Rodgers. what he's provide the information he's provided us. Peyton Manning, after a big uh, playoff loss, goes in in front of microphones and goes like, let me just say that uh, I'm trying to be a good teammate here. Maybe our offensive line didn't have its best day. Maybe you didn't either, 18, since you're the star of the team and you're supposed to cover up all those warts. We can tick through all the guys that make them less than perfect leaders of a team never heard bad about Tom Brady. I've heard bad about the TB12 part of it, but I've never heard anything other than like, man, I signed as a free agent. I was like a free, uh, a special teams guy. I walked in the building. I heard a voice at the end of the hall uh, shout out my name. First name. Knew, I don't know how he knew my first name. I looked down. It's Tom Brady. He came over. He's welcome to the team. Anything I can do, anything you need. Like, I mean, I loved him from that moment forward. That's every guy's story on the Patriots. So maybe well, there is something to it. And, and you look at the number of rings Brady has, the number of rings Jeter has. I think, you know, I, obviously as a Red Sox fan, I just had that moment, same game, Nomar refuses to pinch hit because he's in a pissy mood, <laughs> and Jeter goes face first, full speed into the fucking stands where you're like, forget about the game. Like, you're you're handsome. Like, what? I, like, you could be disfigured. Holy shit. And then you're like, okay, that's the end of this argument. That's the end of this argument forever. That guy's a winner. That guy's a star. And when Yankees look down the dugout in the tight situation, they go, oh, fucking Jeter. Okay, Jeter's in our dugout. Brady's on our team, right? As opposed to Nomar, where the Red Sox are like, God, we're close. We have a championship caliber team. I know. Let's trade Nomar for Orlando Cabrera and win the World Series. You know, very – it's just – I think there is – you you we've seen it with I'm, I mean the the Ray Lewis one is the one that stands out well Jerome Bettis winning it when it was when it when that whole postseason became about we got to get Jerome to Detroit you know that's where he's from Ray Lewis we got to send him off with a with a Lombardi before he leaves this organization when you can get your teammates to want to win for you I guess that there is something to that and I do think guys want to win for certain guys I feel like the Bucks kind of wanted to win for Giannis last year they want to win obviously they want to win for themselves and if you ask them like did you get a little sick about talking about Ray Lewis all the time because you got 
you got the championship too. They're like, eh, maybe it was a little bit much, but I do think there is something to that, that maybe it's like, do I really care if Barry Bonds ever wins a world series? No. You know, I, 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 I get there's I, Maybe there's uh, something just, to that. Just so we're clear. When uh, our season ends, I don't have to hang out with Barry Bonds anymore, right? That, that's what everyone on the Buckos is thinking. I think oh if you God. think of them as a means to an end, but that was that was gone for for probably for the Giants until he has the monumental ought to postseason, which is one of the great uh, uh, postseason stretches ever. By then, the stink was already on Bonds, and the 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 story was in. Like, oh yeah, he he flops come the postseason but then also you tie it back to like a Roethlisberger type of guy those guys all knew everybody uh, in the Steelers locker room at a certain point was like we got Big Ben on the team like you know he he can respect is earned he has earned the right to give us a shot in this game that we're not supposed to win even though it's in the playoffs because look at what he's already done in his career I think they're there's something to that. I, th- I also think that that's where it gets problematic to be a fan of guys. And that's why when we talked a few weeks ago about it, as Roethlisberger was hanging it up, it, it's it's kind of like you, you, you're incented as a fan to pr- Packers fans are probably tying themselves into not how to reconcile like, but I love Aaron Rodgers and he's given me so many great moments now. Now And then in the pushback from some of his commentary about what he thinks of Packers fans and how everybody's a sheep, but him and all that kind of stuff, you, you kind of have to make them one dimensional people. They're characters in your lives. They're, you're not a character as much as they're narcissists. You're not a character in his life rooting against it. They're, they're, they're fun people. They're villains and they're heroes and all I, of that. I do love the way that it's like, hey, you know what? We just agree to disagree and we don't talk about it. Like, does, <laughs> is, Beth, is Beth in the Jews will not replace us camp? <laughs> We just don't that's, talk about it. That's Shane. He's like, that's, that's the solution. And then we, we don't, we don't, we don't talk. <laughs> but doesn't it seem weird? Like, you, you want to go out for yes. dinner? Like, I got to wait. I got to hear uh, the Rogan uh, finish in with this quack doctor first. I, I'm just getting different sides of the argument. And I love the thing that, like, I'm a victim and I just want to expose myself to, to different viewpoints. And, like, uh, and I don't understand why people are coming at me. Like, then he says, well, I didn't actually read the Ayn Rand. I just thought it would be, I just thought it would be a funny troll to to suggest that I had like, on, are you being open and honest here? And by the way, the, the people who carry water for him, Chris Collinsworth and otherwise, like this is, this is what you, Andrew Brandt, who was tied to, to them, the, the people like, he's just being open and honest. Isn't that what we want? He's not being open and honest. So stop saying that that's what he's doing. That's certainly not what he's well, doing here. Well, uh, a number 12 who won four Super Bowls, I think Terry Bradshaw put it best in that very candid assessment of uh, Aaron Rodgers' dishonesty. But back to good people. Yes, yes. Uh, David Ortiz, uh, this was 2013, and it's emblematic because, of course, no matter how the special teamer feels about you in the corridor, you also have to deliver, right? It has to be a combination of Derek Jeter making the bizarre relay play in the middle of the infield to get the out that shouldn't have occurred and, and, and Tom Brady making the plays in 2013. So, you know, Ortiz has already killed the curse, but, but, you know, it's nice winning multiple championships. So they're, they're on the road for possibly a third world series championship after 86 years of nothing of nothing. It's the eighth inning against the Tigers. The Tigers have that super team with Scherzer and Verlander. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. In the eighth inning of game two, the Red Sox are down one, one game to nothing. They, they're 
They're three for 51 with 30 strikeouts is what they've done in the first 17 innings of this playoff series. And Poppy comes to the plate and hits a grand slam off Joaquin Benoit to tie that game that they then win in the ninth um, on Jared Saltalamacchia's hit. Uh, and they go on to beat that Tigers team and they win the World Series a- against the Cardinals. That moment, three for 51, 30 strikeouts. Poppy hits a grand slam. They win the World Series. That's the perfect metaphor for what he did for the franchise. 86 years, nothing. Poppy comes along and he's hitting game-winning home runs off Paul Quantrill, game-winning base hits off Esteban Loaiza, uh, you know, home runs off Kevin Brown. Uh, All that it, stuff is amazing. But to me, right, the, I, I, you know better than I as a Red Sox diehard, but it seems to me from the outside looking in, and Spaghetti may have thoughts on this being on the other side of that, to have the pox of the Bambino hanging over your head and you're down three nothing and i remember watching that objectively well i, I mean my old man is a obviously a life I, I may have mentioned it once or a million times as a diehard red sox guy too and so i was rooting for the red sox on that front but i remember three nothing when dave roberts steals that base and then ortiz drove him in with a double is that uh, how it bill, went bill miller bill miller drives him in it. With the base and then Poppy the wins it. And then Poppy wins it off Paul Quan. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Okay. And then, but you felt bec- there was something about the mystique. I, 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 when Dave Roberts stole that base, I don't know. I mean, I had no rooting interest. Like I say, I remember feeling like it's 3-0 in this series. Who cares? And yet there was something about the vibe in the crowd and everything where it was possible. And it had something to do with David Ortiz. And I kind of feel like, I don't kind of feel this way. He did lead that rally to overcome the curse of the Bambino. All that pox, this stuff matters. And analytics are great and and, and valuable, obviously. And if you don't use them, if you're if it's your profession, um, then then you're crazy if you're a GM or otherwise may, or manager or head coach. You got to be crazy if you're not a, uh, applying them where useful. But it also it gets us away. It turns sports into a math equation too much, too often. And those moments are the, the quintessential moments of a guy's career. And it's why we're fans and Roethlisberger making that drive after they blow it in an imperfect game against the, what the hell are the Cardinals? We're going to lose to the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the Super Bowl champions. I call him Larry Fitzgerald running down the field. As I watched him run away from Mike Taylor and Troy Palomalu, my old man was sitting next to me and I, he, he was panicked. Oh my God, we're going to lose to the Cardinals. And I remember a calm came over me and I, I, I felt in that moment, this is it. Roethlisberger is going to do it right here. And I knew it. I knew it. And he did it. This is what's great. These moments are more important than what happens in July against the Tigers or uh, against the Bungles in, in October. These are the moments. Yes, this is great. And it has nothing to do with what you're talking about exactly. But I but I feel uh, you, you, you wound me up and I had to get that off my chest. No, I, I mean, look, it's funny because you and Sal just had this conversation about Rodgers, and I think it was basically, what if Mendenhall doesn't fumble? You know, Rodgers is is stuck on zero. <laughs> Rodgers, Rodgers has zero titles of course. if Mendenhall doesn't fumble. However, I was thinking, 
you know, I was going to bring this up. Like, well, what if the, the the result that's supposed to happen when your quarterback has a 22.6 quarterback rating happens against the Seahawks and the Steelers lose that game because they're not, you know, bailed out by the, the better passer, Antoine Randall L. And then what if he overshoots Antonio Holmes very close to a zero for, for seven, except the drive against the Cardinals is career defining and, you know, and it, it wasn't – Rodgers was going to lose that that Super Bowl if Mendenhall doesn't fumble. The ball was in Seven's hands to define his legacy and, you know, put himself on the – if you're just looking at individual passes in Super Bowl history, to put himself on Mount Rushmore, you know. <laughs> and so so uh, as much as much fun as we've had with, with Ben's, you know, battling his weight problem – uh, d- definitely um, a, a deserving Hall of Famer and, and champion. Well, let me uh, tell you this one. If I uh, just to open that up, and then we'll give you our Rams and Niners picks, and then we'll say our good nights. The uh, the point that I, you know, what if and all that. Obviously, it didn't happen. Mendenhall did fumble, but either way, the Steelers get the ball down six points with two minutes left in the game. What if the ball hits, I, I don't, who who gives a crap how it happens? It hits off a of Leroy Butler's head and, uh, and uh, you know, somebody catches it on the, Richard Mendenhall catches it on the deflect and runs it in immaculate reception too. It's a complete fluke. If Roethlisberger has three Super Bowls six years into his career, there's no question. What The conversation is now, it's like, well, Brady is, is obviously still the GOAT. But after that, it's like, Roethlisberger is maybe the second greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era. Is in our perception. That's how we would talk about him. Be like, hey man, what are you gonna say? You're gonna you're gonna knock the guy who who's three for three in the Super Bowls. That's that's how we would perceive him. Because uh, um, although it's, uh, what came into my head as I said that is Troy Aikman has that and he feels a well, little you're, disrespected. You're, just, you're missing Joe Montana. I mean, I try to say something nice. Okay, yeah, Montana. Nice you're right, you're right. I, I say not something nice about Roethlisberger. Okay, so it would go Brady, Montana. You're right, Montana. and then But Roethlisberger would be ahead of Favre and okay, Peyton Montana's and Montana's a good transition to our Niners picks. Hot I've damn. As people like to say who were fan, or long-suffering fans of the Rams, the only difference between the Niners and Rams for most of Montana's run was the quarterback, that they had Everett or otherwise, and, and Joe Montana was on the other sideline. Those Rams teams were loaded up. Another chance for the Rams to make things right for their Angelino-based fans, not the ones over in St. Louis. Keep in mind, yeah, they got one, but that was over in the Midwest, so it doesn't count as much to diehard L.A. sports fans. Niners coming to town. Shanny, like we say, it's now an old story. Has McVay's uh, um, number. I like McVay saying, like, somebody asked him, is Kyle Shanahan in your head? And he said, no, he's not in my head. Like, well, he should be. He keeps beating you. Shouldn't you be wondering what Shanahan's thinking about right now? Um, I think that's a poor strategic move on your part. Niners are now catching three and a half. From the home team Rams, 45 and a half is your total on that one. Hench, go ahead. Well, as I as I said earlier, it feels like about an hour ago. Because uh, it was. I, I'll, I'll give the points. I like the Rams to to uh, seventh, seventh times a charm, right? They've lost six straight to this team. Uh, seventh, seventh times a charm. Um, I, you know, it's funny. We say every week, we go, well, the one thing you know for sure going into the game 
is Jimmy G is going to throw the ball directly to the defense twice. And then the question is, do they catch those? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a it's a it's a joke, except it's true. And against the Packers, first they're knocking on the door. Then they get the holding penalty. Like guy wasn't going to make the play anyway. Now they're backing up. And then he's Kittle's just running free in acres of space. And and Jimmy tried to make a Justin Herbert throw with his Jimmy G arm. And the ball just fucking will not get there. And it, it hits the Packers DB in the chest, as Jimmy G always does. And so I, I think this is this is the week where the defense secures both of those terrible throws to their chest. And uh, it's too much for, for Debo to overcome. And, uh, and the Rams prevail, 27-20. Oh, he even gave us a final score there. Um, so he's going over there as well. I'm taking the Rams. I, I think this sets up beautifully, and, and you counted how many times Shanahan has beaten McVay head-to-head, and I mentioned that way back when it was Montana v. Everett, the difference was at quarterback. It is true once again here. Many of those losses that McVay suffered to Shanahan, the quarterback wasn't Matthew Stafford, who could be Hall of Fame bound with one victory. If he wins this game, I think he gets to the Hall of Fame. It is a major difference in how we perceive a quarterback's careers if they get to Super Bowls. This is his chance to do it. It's a Hollywood ending, don't you know? And what is a part of a great Hollywood story? You need to have a bitter foe on the other side of things. That's what the Niners are for these Rams. The difference is that they have a true leading man in number nine under center there. Matthew Stafford is the difference in this one. I'm taking the Rams minus the three and a half. And you know what? Just for fun's sake, I'm saying go over in this one too. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Yeah, this game is a little bit easier for me to pick. I'm going to side with the Rams to laying the points uh, at home or I guess a quasi home game. Um, the thing that I noticed with the Rams offense outside of like, I can't tell if demons are just not wanting to cover Cooper Cup double team them. But I think the emergence of it all Beckham again has been huge for them because he's he's been wide open to most games. I think we'll see more of the shorthanded. Uh, Sony Michelle than Cam Akers and also you know credit to Cam Akers for coming back from a devastating injury but I think Michelle has you know been there done that he's probably the guy that roll with more to me the most important part of this game though is after seeing how bad the 49ers were on offense like and Aaron Donald and Von Miller Von Miller is probably the most important person in this game he was in the backfield every single snap it felt like and having Donald come at you straight on having uh Miller come behind you and especially if Trent Williams who didn't practice yesterday did not practice today if Trent Williams out if the best left tackle in all of football like you're not gonna Von Miller's playing like young Von Miller again and uh the the defense is been pretty well and I just can't if Jimmy G isn't gonna get anything in the air I know D Bell Samuel's a threat in the ground and, and through the air as well but I, I don't see him getting anything started they're getting Whitworth back to the Rams it's just that I I don't I know they have their number I think beating a team three times is very tough I just can't see how the 49ers win this game and I've been wrong picking against them but they just they don't match up on paper the rosters like they don't match up and this is a game that Stafford has been playing lights out he's been nails I I just I don't see this being close well I disagree with you about winning three times in a row. As I always say, what's harder to do is lose the first two and then somehow uh, can uh, convince yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah. The trend is if you beat the team twice, you're going to beat them a third. But time. then, like, but look at what about playoff series though? That like sweeps aren't that like sweeps don't happen. Here's constantly. what I'll here here. 
the difference is in this one is Odell had just arrived when they went up to San Francisco and got hammered up there. And then the weird week 18 result and what were the Rams playing for versus the Niners. I'm, I, I think you can kind of put asterisks next to both of those as a result of all that. Um, so, uh, I, I guess uh, we're all on the same page here is the bottom line. I really, I, you know, the more spaghetti went on, the more I, I do, I, I do think this, this could be this. What you don't want if you're Jimmy, Jimmy G is to be down 10, right? Like, right. you know, that, that, so I feel like it could, it could get out of hand if, if Jimmy G has to lead him back through the air. Um, you know, if you look at what the Niners who came out of the gate like a house of fire in the first half against the Cowboys. But if you look at that offense for the last six quarters, I don't know. It's not, it's really hard to, to just maul a team, right? You can't, I mean, it's funny that the Titans made that terrible decision on first and goal after mauling the Bengals all the way down to the, to the 10, it was actually a bad spot. Ball should have been on the eight and a half. I wonder if that would made a difference, but, uh, and then Tannehill throws the pick because Nobody thinks you can't just run the ball all the way into the end zone. It just doesn't happen in, in the NFL. And so even though that's the Niners' best chance to beat the Rams, um, I, I'm with Spaghetti. I, I don't I don't I, I just think Stafford is is a lot better than Jimmy G. And that Rams defense, they're just kind of peaking at the right time. Like the whole even the Beckham stuff, you know, when that Robert Woods injury was devastating, and Beckham has been playing so well. Higby, even though he had a really bad drop against the Bucs, is such a good tight end. They, you know, it's not like if we take Cooper Cup away, we're fine. You know, that's just not the case. So, and that no one can anyway. That doesn't matter. No one can take him away. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, we're all on the Rams. Um except that I will say his teammates love Jimmy G. They all love him. So so now the thing you've the new wrinkle you've added is is one we're going to have to watch. Anyway, a gargantuan podcast for you. I don't know even what we would even take out from it because I thought I thought we neatly tied together Brady and Rodgers and Baseball Hall of Fame and Roethlisberger's retirement, and making our picks and the Blue Jackets. I think we did it all here. And by the way, the Mahomes. puck's about to drop in that game. You so Mahomes uh, lady, Mahomes lady. We did it all. What, what, I mean, what 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 uh, sentence we would you spray remove? Ourselves with champagne. Amen, as amen. As you know what? Let, oh, by the way, Hench, you and me get to spray ourselves with champagne. Maybe I'll spray you uh, because we're almost certainly going to win the extra points. Um, fan the postseason fantasy. Not game the Chiefs lose. Yeah, Chiefs lose, but we even can't take the Bengals and then say we're definitely going to win because we have Mahomes. Although I'm with you, obviously Mahomes will have enough of a good day, and then Mixon will be in the Super Bowl and we'll be right as rain anyway. So I'm not worried Exciting. about it. Um, all right, all right, great times, Hench. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Make sure you're betting along with us at FanDuel.com/slash-minus-three. It's the word minus the number three. By the way, people looking for um, spaghetti and meatballs should have mentioned it at the top. We're moving it to our early podcast because as you can hear now if you're still listening to us we tend to blabber quite a bit on the thursday podcast it's hard to get it in inside of 115 minutes i don't know this is ridiculous already eddie spaghetti who's got the time for this crap but uh so we'll get to spaghetti and meatballs i uh halfway through the nhl season update for you from spaghetti and meatballs there spaghetti will be licking his wounds as he tries to 
accept the fate. It's a nice fate. You're going to make the playoffs. It'll be fun. It's brighter days ahead. You're just not going to do it this year. That's all spaghetti. I I mean, I don't want to keep belaboring in. This podcast has been long enough, but uh, I mean, the Rangers would beat the Penguins in a series without a doubt. Oh, I hope it. You know what? There's a very good chance you're going to get to see that become a reality, Eddie Spaghetti. We're just the better team. It's fine. All right. Listen, I, I I always say, what do I always say? I say I love young skill over uh, the overstated uh, vet presence. But I mean, we're talking we're not talking about garden variety vets when you're talking about 87 and 71 and 58. Good luck. But we'll get to that in a couple of months and we'll get to that halfway report, uh, half rate, halfway point uh, update from Spaghetti and Meatballs next week and uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on the other side of it. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>